the choir lead us in the singing of one hymn. Which hymn will we sing? Take time to be holy. Okay, good. Let's start. Um, say, take time to be holy. One, two, three, start. Amen. 
we are continuing our studies of our confession of faith. Hopefully you have come with your copies. Uh, we don't have a handout for this week, but uh, if you don't have one to read, just please listen along. We're now on chapter 3, and the title of chapter 3, or the subject that is being dealt with, the doctrine which is being considered in chapter 3, is of God's decree. God's decree. So if you'll remember chapter 1, we considered the Holy Scriptures. That laid the, the groundwork for all the other doctrines we are to consider in the Confession. So when it comes to Christian doctrine, uh, we have to determine, first of all, where does that doctrine come from? Can it uh, be as the Catholic Church says, and it can come from Scripture, or it can also come from the Church? Well, as we considered in chapter 1, uh, our doctrine and our rule of life as a Christian comes from the Word of God alone, that is the Holy Scriptures. And there's nothing to be added to those scriptures. So even in our confession, what we are doing is not adding to the scriptures. What we are doing is confessing what the scriptures teach. And therefore, if we come across anything in our confession which we find in error or we find in contradiction to the scripture, then we have to reject it. <clears throat> Then in chapter 2, after we lay the groundwork of, okay, where is it we find Christian doctrine? That is in the scriptures. Now in chapter 2, we find the doctrine of God and of the Holy Trinity. Because when we consider where scripture or where doctrine comes from that is the scripture now we realize that the scriptures begin first and foremost with god now on chapter 3 we want to consider god's decree now, you may not at this moment fully understand what a decree is, but uh, God willing, as we go through this chapter, 
Now you will understand more and more what do we mean when we say God's decree. Bengine wakati huu huwezi kuelewa amri nini lakini tunapoendelea mara na mara tutaona na wewe pia utapata kujifunza uelewe amri ni nini. Now there are seven paragraphs in this chapter 3. Kuna aya saba katika hii sura ya tatu. Uh, the first two deal with the what we call the general decree of God. So we're talking of God's decree which covers all things that come to pass. Then we'll find that in chapters 3 through 7 those chapters deal with God's specific decree of predestination yanaongea juu ya amri ya kufanya mambo kimbele ama kufanya mambo kabla that predestination to life the salvation of god's chosen people his elect kuhusu wale watu ambao Mungu aliwachakua wateule wa Mungu ambao aliwachakua kimbele ama kabla and uh we'll discuss this more in detail next week but those uh chapters 3 through 7 are now broken really into three main parts tutasomusia haya tutafafanua weekly jalo lakini kuanzia aya ya tatu mpaka saba tuna sehemu vipande vipande ambavyo tuwezesha kuelewa saidi but for the purpose of today i want us to deal with uh, paragraphs 1 and 2 which as i stated uh, cover the general decree or uh, the, yeah the general general decree of god basi kwa siku ya leo tutashughulikia aya ya kwanza na ya pili ambayo yanashughulikia amri za mungu kwa ujumla Or we can say the decree of all events all that comes to pass falls under this general decree of God. Basi amri zinapojumlisha ni kuhusu mambo yote ambayo yanakucha kutendeka. So I'll read chapter 1 then I'll have David read the Swahili translation then I'll read chapter 2 and then again have David read the Swahili translation tasoma katika Kiingereza aya ya kwanza na mimi nitasoma katika Kiswahili aya ya kwanza so, so chapter 3 paragraph 1 says this God hath decreed in himself from all eternity by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will freely and unchangeably all things whatsoever comes to pass Yet so as thereby is God neither the author of sin nor hath fellowship with any therein nor is violence offered to the will of the creature nor yet is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away but rather established in which appears his wisdom in disposing all things and power and faithfulness in accomplishing his decree Sura ya tatu aya ya kwanza Mungu ametangaza kwake tangu milele kutokana na mapensi yake yenye hekima yote na utakatifu wote 
huru na tapiti vitu vyote chochote kitakachokucha kuwa ila Mungu hasababishi tambi wala kuhusishwa na tambi yoyote wala fita hafipewi moyo wa kiumbe wala uhuru au shauku na makusudio mpatala kuondolewa bali kukuswa ambayo kwayo yatihirika hekima yake katika kutekeleza kanuni yake then paragraph 2 aya pili Although God knoweth whatsoever may or can come to pass upon all supposed conditions yet hath he not decreed anything because he foresaw it as future or as that which would come to pass upon such conditions I ingawa Mungu achua chochote kinachoweza au kitakachokucha kuwa chuya hali sote ila hachaamuru chochote kwa kuwa ameona kesho au kitakachokucha kutendeka chuya hali fulani So as we go through these two paragraphs tunapopitia haya hisi mbili uh, I first want to cover that fact taught in the scriptures that nothing frustrates God's decree. Nataka kusisitiza kwamba hakuna kitu ambacho kinaenda nje ya amri ya Mungu ama kutendeka nje ya amri ya Mungu. And so what we're talking about uh, in this decree is all things. That is what the confession has stated kwamba kuhusiana na hii imani ya kukiri ni vitu vyote jinsi ambavyo tunaelezwa na maandiko and we don't speak of god's decrees as plural but we're talking about one uh, single unified decree of god which determines or uh, which covers all things that come to pass basi tunaongea juu ya amri kuhusu vitu vyote ambavyo vitakucha kutendeka ambavyo viko chini ya utapiti wa Mungu and nothing frustrates god's decree hakuna chochote ambacho kinaenda nje ya amri ya Mungu ama kutendeka pasipo Mungu kujua so it is not that for instance when god created adam righteous and without sin kwa mfano Mungu alipomuumba Adamu mnyofu hakuwa na tambi yoyote and then Adam chose to sin na Adamu akaamua kutenda tambi it is not as though that sin of Adam now frustrated God's decree and God is just there thinking oh my goodness now what do I do this this man who I have created he has now sinned Sio kwamba Adamu vile alivyotenda dambi Mungu alichuta ama aliusunika akasema kwa nini nilimuumba Adamu hakufanya hivyo No the reality is even Adam uh, sinning in the garden that first or original sin was part of God's decree Hata vile Adamu alivyotenda dambi katika lile pustani la Edeni Mungu alikuwa amejua kwamba Adamu atatenda hiyo tambi And so we often speak of Uh, in the english we call it god's decretive will or it's sometimes called his secret will katika kiingereza tunasema kwamba mapensi ya mungu ya siri 
Or even we can call it his sovereign will. And that will, that secret will or sovereign will cannot be resisted. It cannot be that any, uh, anything within creation can change God's decree. So it cannot be resisted and it will surely, without fail, accomplish all its purposes. Now, you might be wondering, okay, what are some scripture proofs for such a thing? Well, we can find, for instance, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. The book of Proverbs 19:21. There we read in the Word of God, Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. That is Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Nineteen twenty one. Then in the book of Isaiah forty six, verse ten and eleven. Forty six, verse ten and eleven. My purpose will be established. And I will accomplish all my good pleasure. This is what the Lord says. Then in Psalm 115 verse 3 There the psalmist writes but our God is in the heavens he does whatever he pleases God does whatever he pleases that is psalm 115 verse 3 Lakini now in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, in chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 19, this is what Paul has to say. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who resists his will? Romans nine nineteen. Basi utaniambia mbona angali akilaumu 
kwa maana ni nani ashinda naye na kusuti lake so no one can resist the will of god God does whatever he pleases. God says that he will accomplish all of his good pleasure. Everything God decides to do, wills to do, uh, it will be done. And no matter what plans a man might make in his own heart it is only the counsel of the lord which will stand so nothing that is what the scriptures tell us nothing can frustrate the will of god but there's more about god's decree than just that As our confession shows us here again in this first chapter that nothing escapes God's decree nothing That means there is absolutely nothing which happens in the entire universe that is not part of God's decree katika ulimwengu wote hakuna kinachotendeka ambacho kiko kando na mapenzi ya Mungu As the great theologian and pastor RC Sproul has said many times before his passing Kama wanatolocha na mchungaji alivyosema There is no renegade molecule anywhere in the universe there's not even Uh, you know for those of you who have studied science the molecule is uh, so small we can't even see it with our human eyes kwamba hakuna chochote kiwe kidogo chinsikani ambacho hakuwezi kuonekana na Mungu kiwe kidogo namna gani and there is no single molecule anywhere in the entire universe that is doing something other than what god has decreed for it to do hakuna kitu chochote kiwe kidogo kiasi gani ambacho kinafanya kitu ili kwamba mungu hachaona kile kitu ambacho kinatendeka ama kinafanyika so when we speak of god's decree we're not simply saying uh, that okay yes god decrees certain things But then other things happen which God has not decreed. And we don't say that because that is not what the scriptures teach. The scriptures teach us that God's decree covers everything uh, let's turn to daniel chapter 4 verse 34 and 35 daniel 4 34 35 there we read but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth and no one can ward off his hand or say to him what have you done 
Danieli sura ya 4 mstari wa 34 Hata mwisho wa siku hizo mimi Daniel 4:34 and 35 Okay Yeah Hata mwisho wa siku hizo mimi nakukataneza nikainua macho yangu kuelekea mbingu Fahamu sangu sikanirudia nikamuhimiti yeye aliye juu nikamsifu na kumheshimu yeye aishie milele kwa maana mamlaka yake ni mamlaka ya milele na ufalme wake hudumu toka kisasi hadi kisasi na watu wote wanaokaa duniani wamehesabiwa kuwa si kitu naye hufanya kama atakavyo katika cheshi la mbinguni na katika hao wanaokaa duniani wala hapana awesaye kuhusuia mkono wake wala kumuuliza unafanya nini wewe So whether it is in the heavens or it is here on earth God does all his holy will Kama ni mbinguni hapa ama duniani hapa Mungu anafanya mapenzi yake And no one can fight off What God is doing in their lives. Hakuna yeyote ambaye anapambana ama anapinga yale ambayo Mungu anatenda. And no one can question God. Ah, what is this you have done? Hakuna yeyote ambaye anaweza kuuliza Mungu, unafanya nini ama umefanya hili kwa nini? This is not just my opinion. This is what the scriptures clearly teach. Maandiko yanafunza mambo haya sio mawaso yangu. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 another very important text. Kitabu cha Warumi sura ya 8 28 mstari sura ya 8 mstari wa 28. God causes all things. Mungu anasababisha mambo yote. To work together for good to those who love God. Kufanyika kwa wema hasa wale wanaomupenda. So all things God is working those things together. Well what about sin? Yes, even sin. God is working all of it together for the good of those who love him. Mambo yote yanafanyika Mungu akiwa na akili. Hata dhambi zinafanyika Mungu akiwa na akili. Then we read again in Romans, this time in chapter 11, Romans 11 verse 36. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Kwake na kupitia kwake vitu vyote vinatendeka. So all things come from God. There's nothing anywhere in creation that comes from outside of God. Vitu vyote vinatokana na Mungu. Hakuna chochote ambacho kinatokana nje ya Mungu. Everything comes from God. Kila kitu kinatokana na Mungu. And not only from God but through God. Sio kutokana na Mungu tu bali kupitia kwa Mungu. That is all things happen through God's decree. Mambo yote yanatendeka kupitia kwa mapenzi yake mwenyezi. And to God are all things. Na mambo yote ni kwake Mungu. Now what about Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11? Ephesians 1 verse 11. Having been predestined according to his purpose 
who works all things after the counsel of his will. Nandani yake sisi 111 So there we read again very plainly that God has uh, predestined that means God has uh, decided what is to happen before he even created. Hapa tunasoma kwa njia iliyo wasi kwamba Mungu alifanya kimbele ama kabla hata hacha kama hachafanya msingi wa ulimwengu. Alikuwa amechua mambo yote. And he did so according to his purpose. God has a reason to predestine that which is to happen. Alifanya hivyo kulingana ama sawa sawa na kusudi lake mwenyewe. And in case we doubt, we continue to read, who works all things, there's that phrase again, all things. It's not some things, it's not most things. No, it is that God works all things after the counsel of His will. Kama tunatilia shaka, tunasoma kwamba, ambayo anafanya vitu fiote kulingana ushauri wake mwenyewe. So there is nothing which happens outside of this decree of God. And then as we study further, we see that even the Bible tells us there are uh, particularly things which take place within God's decree, showing us that the, uh, once again, proving further, that the decree is universal it it means all things when we read all things tunapoendelea kusoma kwamba tunaona kwamba kuna mambo ambayo yanatendeka katika ulimwengu wote na yale yanayotendeka ni juu ya mapensi yake ama kusuti la Mwenyezi Mungu and so you may question there well jeff what about sin uh, can can god really decree sin Unaweza jiuliza kwamba Mungu anaweza ruhusu dambi inawezekanaje? And if God decrees sin, does that not mean that he's the one responsible for sin? Kama Mungu anaweza ruhusu dambi, si ni hakika kwamba yeye anaachibika na zile dambi? Well, let's read Genesis 50 verse 20. Here we find, uh, this is Genesis, the very end of Genesis, 50 verse 20, almost at the very end. And uh, remember what is going on here. This is the story of Joseph. I think uh, most of you, if not all of you, know the story of Joseph. Joseph was uh, sold into slavery by his jealous brothers who hated him. And those brothers lied to his father. They lied to Jacob and told him that his son had been killed. 
mtoto wao ame has been has had been killed mtoto wao alikuwa amekufa and joseph was sold into slavery into egypt and if that wasn't bad enough his master's wife lied about him and he was put in jail but god enabled joseph to interpret dreams lakini mungu akamwezesha yusufu kutafsiri And when this came to Pharaoh's attention, uh, Joseph interpreted uh, two dreams for him that no one else in Egypt was able to interpret. And it was in that dream that God was making it known to Pharaoh that there would be seven years of plenty and then followed by seven years of extreme drought. And then Pharaoh appointed Joseph second in command of all of Egypt that during that time of plenty Joseph was the one saving enough food to help Egypt and not only Egypt but other nations nearby survive that drought. Na hili sababisha mfalme kumchakua yeye ndiye anaongoza upande wa chakula ama ni mtu wa pili katika mtawala alikuwa anaongezea mfalme mtu wa pili katika ufalme It was during that drought that the brothers of Joseph came to Egypt looking for food and Joseph revealed himself eventually to them Na wakati huo ndiposa nduku wa Yusufu alimwendea Yusufu wakitafuta chakula kule Misri ndiposa Yusufu akawaambia mimi ni nduku yenu And then that's where we come to this verse that we're to read now Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 Ndipo tunaona katika kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya 50 This is Joseph speaking to his brothers Hapa Yusufu anaongea na nduku zake As for you you meant evil against me But God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Nani kweli mlinikusudia mapaya bali Mungu aliyakusudia kuwa mema ili itokee kuokoa taifa kubwa kama ilivyo leo. Do you see that? Unaona hayo? The sinful acts of men in this case the sinful acts of the brothers of Joseph selling him into slavery lying about what happened to him Jambo dogo sana ambalo nduku wa Yusufu walifanya wakamuusa Yusufu katika nchi ya utumwa kule Misri So for the part of those brothers what they did was sinful Sehemu ya nduku wa Yusufu It was evil. And they meant to do evil. But speaking of the same events. Joseph also shows us that God was also involved. Because he says God meant it for good. God was sovereign over even the sinful acts 
of Joseph's brothers. Mungu alikuwa mkuu akaonekana katika matendo ambayo nduku wa Yusufu walitenda. And what they did was part of God's decree. Wale walio yale waliofanya ni sehemu ya amri ya Mungu. But then you may say, well, then if all they did was follow God's decree, then why should they be guilty of their sin? Unaweza kusema kwamba kama walioyatenda ni sehemu ya Mungu because their part was sinful they they did what they did for evil reasons sinful reasons and when god sovereignly decreed that to happen he did so with the purest most perfect most righteous reasons Mungu aliposababisha mambo haya kutendeka alifanya na nia njema pasipo na kasoro yoyote. So that is how it is. God decrees even the sinful acts of men and yet God's part is good. Hivyo ndivyo Mungu anaweza kuwezesha wanadamu kutenda dhambi lakini lengo la kuwezesha bado ni nzuri kwake. And there's many other verses we can go to in the scriptures uh, that prove that same point but uh, for the sake of time we won't kuna maandiko mengi ambayo yanatepitisha haya tunayosema lakini kwa sababu ya muta hatuwezi but i do uh, while we're on this subject of sinful acts of men i do want to turn to acts chapter 2 tuone matendo matendo ya mitume pili in the new testament acts chapter 2 matendo ya mitume pili sura ya pili And it is verse 23. So this is Peter preaching on that day of Pentecost. So Christ at Pentecost had sent out the Holy Spirit. And now Peter is preaching. And he's preaching the gospel. He's talking about uh, the fact that Christ came and died for sinners. And then he says in verse 23, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Matendo ya mitume sura ya 2:23 Mtu huyu alipotolewa kwa shauri la Mungu lililokusudiwa na kwa kujua kwake tangu samani ninyi mkasulupiwa kwa mikono ya watu wapaya wakamuua. Now if we were to take the history of the entire world and we were to determine the most sinful act. Surely it would have to be the murder of God's only begotten son. Of all the sins that have happened in the world, there are terrible sins. 
people are raped, people are murdered, heinous, terrible sins. And yet, out of all of the sins committed in the history of creation, the worst has to be the murder of God's Son, who was the only person who was killed that was innocent. There is no other innocent person. Because we all sin, we all fall short of God's glory. So you can say a child who was murdered was not deserving of that murder. No, of course not. But that child was not totally innocent. But Christ was totally innocent and yet murdered. And then here we read that Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Christ was murdered according to God's decree. And yet, Peter says of the men who carried out that murder, they were lawless men. They were sinners. They sinned in the murder of Jesus even though they were, they were carrying out the decree of God. So everything which happens, happens according to God's decree. Even those things that we call chance, or we use the term luck. We use the word chance or luck. Like we are lucky that something happened. Okay. And so, uh, even if we place a bet, let us say, on a sports event, and our team that we bet on happens to win, our friends might say, oh, you were very lucky that your team won. But uh, even uh, rolling dice, we can roll that dice, and if we wanted to land on a particular number, we want a six, and it rolls a six, then we might say that, oh, I was very lucky to guess it would be a six. But as we read in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33, it speaks of a lot. A lot is like a dice that the Jews would use. They would roll that lot 
And according to what came up on the lot, it would tell them the decision. And here we read in Proverbs 16.33, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. There is no such thing as luck. Luck presupposes that there is no determined outcome. But as we read, God's decree covers all things which comes to pass. That means there is no luck. The outcome has been decreed. Now don't take that to mean that you can go and bet all the money that you have on a sports team and you win and you say, oh wonderful, that means it was God's decree that I win. <laughs> Because remember, even though God decrees all things, man's part can still be sinful. <laughs> and you don't know why God allowed you to win. It could be that God is going to teach you a very valuable lesson as you get more and more involved in that betting and now you're winning but all of a sudden you start you stop winning and you lose everything and remember God works all things together for the good of those who love him but sometimes that good which happens, when it happens, it is painful. <laughs> but it is for our good so long as it teaches us or reminds us that we depend upon God. I think the rain is starting to pick up and we're about out of time anyway so I think we'll close there for today but the main thing we have to take away from these first two paragraphs of chapter 3 is that all things which happen were decreed by God and it is God who is in control of all things. So we never have to fear that anything is happening in our life which is outside of the control of God. So 
So let's all stand and we'll close in prayer. Father God, how we give thanks to you this afternoon. We thank you for this entire day that we have spent here at Mercy Baptist Church singing your praises, praying to you. What a privilege it is to be able to pray, Lord. And sitting under uh, the teaching of your word. How we just thank you for all of these blessings, these graces, even in uh, uh, the participation of the Lord's Supper. In all these ways, Lord, you have abounded your grace in our lives today. And we just humbly give thanks to you. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen.